Welcome, welcome, welcome to A Rose For You podcast. I am your host, Octavia, better known as Rose the Model or Coach Bay. What is up? It's your girl Chantel, also known as Dream. Yes, yes, yes. And we have a so special guest today. Her name is Jordan. Hello, hello. How are you? We're all, everybody doing good? We good? Hi. Yes, yes, good. Yes. Ready to get to it. Yes. Let's talk about, about it. Well, first, you tell us a little bit about you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, like you said, my name I was born and raised here in Georgia. I'm on the east side, but I eat west side, side my, throughout my life. I'm currently a dispatcher for EMS company, study biology and business school. Yes. Period. That's beautiful. I love that. Ooh, girl. <laughs> I wish I had hours. about <laughs> don't know hours. It's, it's a whole so, Next time we had a long, different type of day, so <laughs> it's okay. Next time we're gonna get you some flowers. Okay, so go ahead and dive into the topic because yesterday things line um, between the black community between men and women, and it was just very what's the word? Disgusting, degrading, horrible. <laughs> I just didn't even know. I didn't know you were gonna keep going. <laughs> But anyways, so I just want to ask my ladies, as a black woman, do you see, would you have a problem dating a black cop? I'm going to let you go first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So for me, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I'm not totally against it, but I definitely do not see myself dating a black cop. Just because I have a sister and she's currently in a relationship with a male cop, uh, a black cop, and I've known a lot of them over the years. I have officers in my family, uh, people that I've met over time, but there's just something about them that they all have in common, and it just does not something that I would able to do. Mm. So what is it, like, exactly that you don't, like, what is it that you wouldn't be able to do? So... I've noticed that a lot of them have very narcissistic personalities. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and mm. it's just a lot of them are not emotionally attached. Like they have this where they're put on a pedestal because that's their job. And for me, it's just like it's okay to feel that way at home, like at work. But when you mm. get home, it's kind of like, okay, bring it back down to reality. But they carry this narcissistic personality everywhere. And they feel like they're above everyone. They feel like they can do what they want. They can say what they want without really having any consequences. Mm. And so it's just like, that's not how the real world works. And without your badge, you wouldn't have this, I can't be touched mindset. Mm. So You hit it right on the nail. Right. Oh, my God. So do you think that, um, because the video I was watching last night, if uh, y'all don't know anything about Lapeef Network or uh, Lapeef Let's Talk, um, it was a guy named Nathan. Is it Nathan? Nathan. Nathan something. Um, I think it was Dale's. I don't know. Nathan something. And um, (laughs) Six the Goddess, she did her own segment on breaking that entire, like, dialogue down and... She pretty much was saying, so do you feel men who become cops grew up kind of like in this being like bullied and now they feel like them being a cop, they get to like take on like revenge in this in a sense? Because now they have what like that, like, that power. Role, yeah. yeah. Like now you can't do anything. So what? <laughs> right. So I've come across. Like I said, numerous cops in my time, and I just feel like there are two sides to each one. So there are some, like you said, that growing up they were bullied, or even at home, like they're the middle child, or they're the youngest, or they just weren't heard, and they weren't seen, and they didn't get the attention that they wanted. And then there are others where they became cops because that's what they wanted to do, not because they felt like they needed power, and that was the only way that they could get that power. Mm. So I feel like it's both sides. It just depends on the person and like their background. Yeah, I definitely feel like that is, I feel like it's more, you know, just individual. Like everybody has their individual reasons as to why they become a cop. 
Um, I don't know, like when I was watching the video and hearing Nathaniel, you know, talk. I think and Nathan. Oh, I said Nathaniel. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's Nathan. <laughs> it is Nathan. <laughs> okay, well, when I was hearing Nathan talk, um, he was coming from at first it seemed like he was coming from a well we had these issues in the black community with police officers with the government with whatever the case so it's like okay us as black people we need to be put in those positions like we need more black police officers you know in these higher up positions and at a at a moment I was thinking and I was like, hmm, well, if you're thinking like that, then maybe I could date a black cop. But then when I, when Six the Goddess was going on about her perspective of things, it was just more so like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know if I really could date a black cop because looking at his video, he was playing like a narcissist role he was just taking a different type of angle like he wasn't coming in like you oh, know was mad yeah like <laughs> was, oh my she god she wrote that video down he was so mad she had a man <laughs> look i do i think <laughs> i think that we should though like as black people be put in these positions like better positions to want to see those type of changes that we want to see um, it's just really about getting people on the same page to see that. Right. So, so why do you think, why do you think um, black people have an issue with other black people who become like cops in our community? Like, do you feel like that should like make things better in a sense? Well, when you think about like the system, it's like, well, does it really make things better? Because even when black cops be when they, you know, become a cop, it's like, are they able to really help and do the things that they really want to do? Because at the end of the day, they're pledging, like, their loyalty to the badge, you so know? So become automatic, like, blue. Yeah, so it's like, are you... I don't know. I think it's higher, higher up rankings that need to be affected more so. Exactly. But do you feel like even if we were to get in those high-ranking positions that it would still make a difference? If you have the right people with the right mindset, like their intentions are, okay, I'm doing this to better the community, then yes. But you would have to have a mass of people, you know, with that intention is how I feel. But it's like, how do we get, how do we get um people to be on that that like how do we get people black people in our community to embrace like it's like yo it's okay to want to be a cop and like want to be in these higher up positions to make things better for our community like how do we get our community to see the the difference did you want to answer <laughs> um, so for me I really just feel like it's based all upon a person and like she said it's all about being in the higher rank so I feel like with every situation you have three levels right you have the people who are up high who make all the decisions who call all the shots right and then you have the officers who are actually outside doing the work mm -hmm. but they can only do what they're allowed to do right and there are many who are actually good cops and want to make a change and want to make a difference, but they aren't allowed to because it's your job is on the line and your job is going to always be on the line if you try to overstep. So like a power of authority, if you try to go over your authority's head, they're always going to feel some type of way about it, right? So I feel like for us, we have to encourage the black community as well as black cops and say, hey, we're behind you, regardless of a badge or not. Right. It starts mm. with the person and personal, your personal emotions with that person. You have to build connections with people. So I've worked in different areas. Right. And I've always there's always been cops around, but I've always built relationships with those cops. And some have like to this day, I could call them if I need them. Right. But there are certain cases where it's like they feel like they don't have that support. 
And mm-hmm. that's really the foundation when it comes to a lot of things is having the support that you need because it's hard to go against. Ooh. That scared me. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to go against someone that is above your head mm-hmm. if you don't have people in your corner. So do you mm-hmm. feel like there are... I want to ask that question, but then again, I don't. Because <laughs> it's like... do So especially with like the black community, because I was reading where it is, it's about 61% of more of, of white people that are, um, pro, that are lost, and then it's like 12, 12% are black, and then the rest is, you know. So you feel like if there are more, if there are more black people that are in that, like, courage generation, see more black in badges and stuff that would encourage them to come into our communities and do better? I hope that question made sense. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it's like, even with the guy, Nathan, Nathan, Nathan or Nathan, Nathan. dang it. <laughs> I don't know why it's a tongue twister, but it's like, I just, I kind of see it as maybe growing up when we used to have like the D.A.R.E. program mm-hmm. and we, and it was a black guy and he used to come and talk to us all the time. Like I always, I kind of wanted to be one. Like when I seen it, so kind of like, I wish that, Maybe it was more active people and active, like, black cops in our communities mm-hmm. that actually, you know, put forth that, like, effort, I guess. And even still, it's kind of like trying to get people thought process into, like, there are good cops out here that actually want to help the community. So it's kind of like I wish our people would be more open-minded to that. Yeah. So I think, I think it really, at the end of the day, it comes down to the fact that at the, regardless of a badge or not, they're still a person. Right. They're still a person, and they're still an African-American or a black person, or however you identify. But even without that badge, when they take the uniform off, they're still a person. And outside of their badge, they can do things. Right? Even yeah. without a uniform. Mm-hmm. Just like the three of us. We could go and we could start an organization today with, without having any background or anything to it because it's something that you want to do. But I think a lot of times black community stays where we are. This is what we're taught. Mm. Come on, sis. And no one is really, like, <laughs> teaching us otherwise. Mm. Like, about where you grow up and what you see. And so if this is something that we're, we've always seen, right, it's kind of like having tunnel vision at some point. You go to the store, you make a list, right? I'm going to go get apples. And that's the one thing that you're going to the store for. But we always go and get other things, mm-hmm. right? We don't just stick to that one thing that we're getting. And it's just like a tunnel vision thing when it comes to black officers. Kids are taught to not... To, kids are taught to be afraid of them or to not want to be one because they have either their parents have taught them this or their cousins have taught them this or someone has this negative because of one interaction with one officer that they may have. And sometimes it's not even the interactions. It's it's like word of mouth. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so do you feel like we are taught to be violent? Because when you think about it. Yes. You think so? Absolutely. <laughs> We are absolutely <laughs> because even when I was like explaining to you last night, and even to dive deeper into what you were saying about the things that we're taught, I feel like the one thing that we are not taught that we should be taught as a community is how to fucking heal. Mm, like that's when yes. it, uh, a lot of things that <laughs> a lot of things that people. Um, are taught and how they see things, their perspectives is because they can't let shit go. Mm-hmm. They they don't take accountability for shit. They don't respect officers because they mama or they daddy got locked up and they was in prison because they was doing some shit that they wasn't supposed to it's do. It's the accountability part for me. Exactly. Like, people, like black people get so mad when they get caught doing some shit that they know they was not supposed to be doing. And they didn't want to blame the officer. They want to blame everybody but the person that did it. Because all they were doing was their job at the end of the day. And, and just like you were saying about tunnel vision, it's like people think that, oh, I'm good, so I have to do this to survive. How many people were, were born, born in the hood? <laughs> how many people <laughs> were born in the hood and found their way up out that shit? 
Exactly. Like, that made me even, girl, that just gave me a flashback from last time we was watching that podcast. Yeah. That man said, you got, you you don't talk like you're from the hood. That and triggered me so much. Girl, <sighs> and, it's, and that made me so mad because it's like, what are we, like, why is it, as black people, the first thing that we're, like, the stereotype is you're either from the hood or you're, like, ghetto, like, I don't understand that. He he just made it seem like black people are limited to just being in the hood. Like they're limited exactly. to just the struggle. Because the whole time he was like, you don't sound like you're from the hood. And let's look outside your house. How many cars do you have? And it's like, you living in a mansion. where she is now. <laughs> but you have no clue where she came from. Yes. And you she's don't from, know her she background. She's from the trailer. Right. The you, trailer don't know, you don't know what she came from. She worked hard to get to where she is. And you cannot be mad because she did the work. Mm-hmm. And I think because me growing up, like <laughs> where I grew up, um, people used to say, hey, you sound like a white girl. Like, damn, how am I supposed to sound? Because I read books. <laughs> Because I'm fucking educated. I don't know how to talk. Listen. Shelby didn't didn't play. When he was there, he was like, you sound so educated. And that's that's the and that's thing. one thing that black mothers do not play with. Listen, education. Because okay. I know I, my daughter reading <laughs> right now. She four, and I tell her she's trying to play. She trying to read. I say, look, a lot of things we could play about, but reading is not one of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, like <laughs> just being yes. real, sis. That's something I don't want to play about. So, so quick before yeah, you have to the next question. Um, circling back to that question about would I date a cop? I would date a black cop. If his intentions were to really help the community, like he has to be really living in the community, like we doing, we're not doing this. Yeah. I'm a I'm a black cop just to hold it over nobody here. Yeah. I have authority type of shit. Like I and that's, be a that's, anyway. Yeah. You ain't getting no puss and, with me, okay? <laughs> None. You ain't getting no brownie points because first of all, you not like that. So, and I feel like that's what any man. Like, I, my plans are to be very my community. Yeah. But I know that we need heal. And I know that because I had, or I, I had a lot of healing. I able to get where open-minded. I'm on this podcast. I'm trying to help my community. So I'm very active in the community. Do y'all feel like when we compare our, our community to other communities that, that, pose a problem mm. absolutely absolutely because one thing <laughs> that we definitely compare ourselves like is the white Great. and kind of like never really <clears throat> trying to watch my words <laughs> say what you got to say honey <laughs> it's just like why why are we comparing ourselves to them anyway when technically they're not even there's no level? comparison like <laughs> I feel like if we stop comparing, stop comparing ourselves to what they have, what has on just our own, pouring more into our communities instead of what Becky and and Jerry got, you know, it just being active. Like, I feel like we're not active enough in our communities. Like, there's a lot of people that, like, I see a lot of stuff on social media, a lot of events, but when you go to like five people there, it's like, how can we push the healing and well, the important healing into our communities because I feel like we lack that, and that's what we need. So, for me, it's all about perspective. It's like we, as Black people, we push other people' perspectives, like these stereotypes, how other people view us, and things like that. It's like that's what we become. And it's like, as far as getting out there more and just being like more active, I think it needs to be more, more consistency, you know, um, and, and a lot of y'all, a lot of people's um, excuses as to why they don't go to events and things like that is because they have to pay or it's too much. And, and even still when (laughs) it's ghetto, but (laughs) even when you think about it like that, but you'll go to the club and spend $20 to get into the club or $30 on a drink or go to the strip club and waste money. And it's like, people need to understand what's important. 
Mm-hmm. Like what like what's important to you? Are your kids important to you? Are the generations to come important to you? Right. Are you important to you? And I don't think people think about that. I think people I don't think people think about anything anymore. Like when you think about it because like <laughs> I really don't think people think about anything anymore. They just kind of just do. And that makes me think about last night when we were just when we were um watching that podcast and just the disrespect and it's like our community we don't respect each other mm. like especially i don't care what nobody say not all men i'm gonna put all y'all in the box but y'all men are just some of y'all are out of control with with the wording with with the allowing men to talk to women in any type of way so why do you think black men don't stick up for black women Honestly, so a lot of times my whole thing is we all say this, it's not my business, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. And we always try to like keep our noses in our own lane. Like we try to stay in our own lane. And even with the whole healing, the whole healing thing, it's all about, I think a lot of times things have to go with how people feel about themselves, right? And how they were treated. Nobody sticks up for the black men feel like nobody stick up for them right so it's like why should i stick up for anybody else i have to defend myself i have to do things for myself i have to protect myself so it should be the same way for everybody Mm -hmm. but we should really look at is we need to protect each other Mm -hmm. we need to take care of each other we need to have each other's back right we need to make sure that because and my the, the way that I look at it is, let's just say, as a black man, you have a daughter. You wouldn't want anyone to disrespect your daughter. Facts. So why would you disrespect anyone else? Someone else's daughter. Someone's mother. You wouldn't want anyone to disrespect your mother. So don't disrespect anyone else's mother. They may not be kin to you, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But that's someone's mother. That's someone's daughter. That's someone's relative. And you wouldn't want anyone to disrespect your family. So it's like, even if you don't, go into a full-blown argument with someone. You can honestly escalate a lot of things. Like, bring it back down. Mm-hmm. Calm down. It's okay. Take a breath. But I think the problem is that we were never taught how to truly handle conflict. Mm. Emotions. Come on, say. We yes. were never really taught how to handle conflict. We weren't taught how to control our emotions. And till this day, a lot of us are still learning our emotions. Mm-hmm. Even... For like black men, they don't show much emotion, right? Mm. So they really can't even differ between what emotion is what. Yeah. And that's why that I love there's a it's called Express Yourself Black Men. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It's so beautiful. I love it. And I feel like there definitely needs to be more like especially for the black men. Like I, I see a lot of things for um, black women and healing and all that stuff, like sister, women's circles and right. healing. I see a lot of that. But I I don't see a lot of black men, like, heal circles, heal groups. Um, I like how Charlemagne got the, um, he does, like, a expo or seminar thing for black mm-hmm. men, uh, mental health or something like that. And it's like, I, we were talking about this last night, about just imagine, like, this goes back if we dive deeper into it it goes back all the way into like slavery because just imagine like oh just imagine me and my sister like we running for damn our life and fucking she gets shot or i get shot and it's kind of like damn i want to still survive so i got to keep going so i got to suppress these emotions and just imagine like just oh i'm about to because <laughs> because it's, it's it's like modern day fucking slavery like it's literally people freaking they losing each other losing just so much and they're not able to actually express or process what the hell is really going on so it's kind of like you just moving and moving and you're not like feeling shit right it's a cycle yes and it's like a never-ending cycle and it's like you continue to feel it's like you take 10 steps forward and then one thing happens and it sets you 20 steps back. Man, listen. And it's like, instead of continuing to go forward, you get stuck in a place where it's like, I don't know what to do. Because at this point, I'm just existing. Like, mm. And a lot of us, I feel like, 
we don't really take the like we don't do what's necessary because I feel like a lot of us know like at the at some point it's all gonna go away. But you know what? Even to even to speak on the modern day slavery tip, mm-hmm. at this point in life, if if you're even if you can be like, okay, well, it's like we're still in modern day slavery. You're only enslaving yourself at this point. Well, yeah, that's why because I'm mentally, yeah, cause, yeah, because <laughs> it's like it's like look, we like yeah. We then went through all of this stuff and generations and generations is basically them built up to now at this point. Okay, we know the problem, but the issue is a lot of us like to focus on them. Mm-hmm. And I feel as though we need to address the problems. We need to focus on the solutions. Definitely. Yeah. And, and it's, that's a lot of podcasts. Too. Yeah. They just... You're not doing this. Yeah, right. it's, not it's doing always that. a blame okay. game. It's always a blame game, right. and it's like we're so stuck in the past. And mm. I get it. Like we've been through a lot as a black community in general. But at some point, when are we going to take a step forward into the future? Mm. When mm. are we going to look at where we can be instead of where we were, right? And where we are now. It's all about present day. You cannot change anything that happened in the past. The past is the past, and it's simply that. All you can do is move forward and take one step at a time and try to make your future and your present day better. You really can't even worry about tomorrow sometimes because you never know if your tomorrow is going to be a tomorrow. Right. Say so, you shouldn't even be worrying about tomorrow. Always stay in the present moment exactly. is the best and thing. And it's just like we're so worried about what has happened to us, and literally it has not happened to us. <laughs> so <laughs> I got a question. Mm-hmm. Do y'all think that you can, or do y'all think that selfishness can be um, something that's beneficial? Yes. Yes. Okay. Most definitely. I say, I'm Self- living in that shit right now. <laughs> okay. Being selfish, it's, it has its pros and its cons. But I feel like selfishness comes with like an advantage when you put yourself like the self-love that you have for yourself mm-hmm. and you set boundaries yes. right that's being selfish not letting people disrespect you that's technically being selfish N- making sure that you stay ten toes on what you stand for and not letting people take you out of what you've set for yourself that's selfishness and mm-hmm. it's nothing wrong with that but selfishness can also be oh well I'm going to make it to the top and everybody going to have to figure their way there on their own because mm-hmm. I figured out my way on my own. And, and that's what people need to be humble at. Right. And dang, you just said something. Um, that's protecting how your peace. Right. That's what it exactly. is. Protect- and I'm protecting living in that. Is- Listen. Okay. <laughs> Don't nothing bother me no more. Like, I literally just made a video about this on TikTok. Like, <laughs> just as, just being, just finding security in yourself is like, the top tier like selfish thing i could have ever done because a long time necessary yes and you know what i feel like we are not taught how to properly love ourselves enough like in Mm -hmm. our entire community like a lot of times we're even just as i think about my own family like especially the women in my family they're all alpha and stuff so they're always telling you know if you can help somebody help them out but it's like sometimes you got to help yourself first before right. you can help other people. And I think exactly. people take the helping people to a whole different level because I feel like we'll help people, help people, help people until our well is completely dry. And now we out here trying to like scramble, trying to get out the well. But it's like, when are we going to just be selfish, but like healthy? Like Exactly. And I, just, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. And even when you said a lot of people think like, oh, like I'm going to be selfish in the way that I get myself to the top, blah, blah, blah. Like when did it, when and how did it switch or do you feel like it switched from when you think about our ancestors and all of us, you know, trying to do things together, you know, trying to figure this shit out to where we have certain rights and things like that. Mm-hmm. Where did it become so separate and so, so like, let me do my own shit and just shit on everybody else in the process? Like, so welfare. I think what that comes with is like betrayal, right? And betrayal is one of the like the most hardening things for a person. When you're betrayed, it's kind of like, what in the world 
And so I can only use for an example, right? And like she said, you give, you give, you give until you have nothing more to give. Mm -hmm. And that used to be me. Like, now... I had to really learn how to tell people, even the people that I love, like, mm. can't do it. Girl. I love you, but I can't do it. And it's not that I really can't, but right now, yeah. mentally, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And I think the problem comes with, for instance, you give, you give, you give, and people continue to take and take and take. But the moment that you need something or the moment that you need a little guidance or somebody to they lean can't on, do it. nobody's there, right? Mm -hmm. But, and let's just say someone does help you. People always feel like they can't ask for help because it's going to be thrown back in their face. Mm. That was me for a long time. Right? So yes. it's like, you think that the people around you are going to help you because, you know, that's what they're technically supposed to do or that people think, right? Mm -hmm. But it comes to a point where everyone is their own man and their own person but when are you going to be accountable for what you're doing right so my problem is i used to see potential in people and i used to want to help them all the time girl but i'm past that shit. <laughs> i i never stopped to ask do you actually want my help yeah mm. that's true that's like true. do you really want my help because i'm i'm giving you what you need but you're not using it Mm -hmm. Didn't we just talk about that like last week so, when I told you about the clarity that I was having mm -hmm. in a certain situation? Yeah. I was like, damn, I'm, I'm really overextending myself. Exactly. Like, but, and I realized that, and I actually realized that through my daughter because my daughter, like, uh, <laughs> my daughter's always trying to help her cousin out. And he's always telling her, I don't need your help. I don't need your help. And she's just like, I'm just trying to help you. And it made me think like, okay, she's mirror. She has to be mirroring me somewhere. Mm, and yes. I'm like, dang, am I over like extending myself? And I was like, and I started thinking about stuff. And I was like, damn, I am. Because yeah. I, <laughs> I even had to tell you like, well, he didn't ask for help. Cause you, cause I remember you was like, well, she's just trying to help him. And I was just like, but he didn't ask. Exactly. Yeah. Like, but even if people still don't ask, like, no, you could like, just say thank you and just like, well, I didn't yeah, really you can need say, it, but in thank certain you. cases, yeah. Yeah. Like but in certain situations. Some, some people have to know how to do things and learn on their own. So if you're like overextending that help, you're kind of taking that experience away from them. Or that's right. learning yeah, away from that's true. It's just like, now I can't get her to stop. It's just like you tell your child not to touch the stove, but they like, why? Like, yeah. why, why I can't touch the stove? Like, what's wrong with the stove? You, well, touch the stove, right. damn it. And that was me. <laughs> My mom be like, don't touch the stove. And I'm like, and now but I'm upset. Know, but it's an experience. It's something I mm -hmm. had to learn on my own. And it's like, you can take and you can hear what people telling you mm -hmm. but one is all about how you comprehend it and it's what you do with it right at the same time you have to ask for it too like close mouth don't get fed you know and i'm mm -hmm. learning that i'm see, learning that you even hit on a point that i want you to kind of elaborate on um so when i was asking how did we come from us as black people where we're so everything is together we're doing this for us you know mm -hmm. you know getting our rights having our rights and things like that just fighting for things together when did we come so separate or how did that come about oh, the and you said yeah and you said welfare yeah because it's like because even when um what was we was watching a pod i can't remember what podcast y'all love podcasts at this point i don't even watch tv but <laughs> but when they were talking about you know after uh mlk died then everything because even at that time what they had uh wash the uh, black wall street going and all of that stuff like everything was coming together and so it's like when he died or whatever then that's when you 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 take the men out then you got the dang on welfare and now the women don't need the men and it's like yo fuck that welfare shit <laughs> like fuck it like honestly because it's like it's 2022 it like it's so many stories about women and just just people in general making six figures within six months. Right. And it's like I get it, you know what I'm saying? Use what you got to get what you where you wanna go. Like, by all means go ahead. But honestly, we really don't need that shit anymore. 
Like if we if we that's, that's true. if we really had if we really had because now I'm about to sit because <laughs> if we really had more people active in actually teaching like how we talk about mental health and and being more active like agriculture and financial, financial literacy, literacy right. and if we really were to actually step into our community really be active and put pressure like we really don't need that shit and mm-hmm. actually put for mental health like that because mental health is top tier like that is the number one thing that is that we lack in the community and if we actually get people to come and actually speak and hell host damn events come bring your damn kids you know have a speaker and like really if we get our kids really wanting to be more active with like mental health make it fun and shit i feel like hell you tell my daughter, come bring me something. Be like, mommy, I want to go to this. Okay, let's go. Like, because nine times out of ten, if your kid is really telling you, hey, I want to go to this event, you're going to take your ass and you're going to go. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. kind of like to, like, really push that shit because we don't need it. I don't care. We don't mm-hmm. need it. But, you know, <laughs> it starts with the parents first. Right. Like, yeah. because it's like if if you even like how we talk about how men are they don't know how to express their emotions and things like that nine times out of ten they was raised by unhealed mother a unhealed mother which and was also someone who didn't know how to express their emotions ex- so exactly can't even put everything on the men not knowing exactly. more. Women, more they don't know how to express their emotions yeah <laughs> <laughs> like right <laughs> so it's, it goes both ways yeah and it's and that's why i it's like a lot of the time especially in our community now we're blaming one it's either the women blaming the men or the men blaming the women mm-hmm. but it's like there's no one to blame like you have to take but accountability self. for yourself Absolutely. and that's period because everything starts with yourself if we want to make changes in the community you have to start with yourself as an individual person first and that spreads to other people it's like a ripple effect mm. right so i'm only gonna speak for myself right mm-hmm. and up in a broken home but that's besides the point so that's all especially going and so like before yeah i played the blame game too like mm-hmm. i'm pointing finger at everybody because i didn't just wake up one day and decide that i was gonna be this way that's mm-hmm. not what happened but what we failed to realize is that the blame because it's kind of one hurt people hurt people right yes and when you really take the time to step back and to evaluate the person who hurt you and to like really see where it came from, it's like you really didn't mean to, right? It's like people do things unconsciously because mm-hmm. it's just what they know. For it's like being a mother. There's a book on being a mother. Ooh, you figure it out every day. Just like it's you going to college. Someone has to teach you these things, right? Mm-hmm. But there's certain things where no one is teaching us anything. We're literally figuring things out every day we wake up, right? So it comes where healing is something you have to realize. One, it has to start with you because once you really true, but once you take that step into healing, it opens your mind and your perspective to a lot of other things because you're not seeing things one way. You're able to see things from this perspective, from that perspective, from other people's perspective. And it's like, okay, now I understand. Like, it's not your fault. Like, it's more, it's bigger than me and you, basically. And so it's like really taking accountability. Like, okay, it's time for me to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And once you make that difference, then you can help somebody else. Yeah. Right? And once you help that person, that help person can help two people. And them two people can help three people and so forth and so on. And then it keeps going. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because just like you said, hurt people hurt people, but heal people heal people. Exactly. So since we're since you just brought that up about, you know, your healing moment, what was the transition for you? Like what what was the what was that moment where you was just like, oh, like I need to like I really need to do better. Yeah, like a buckle down. Yeah. Um. All right. So I really I kind of call this like my rebirth in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that already. So when I explain it, you'll understand, though. So like I said before, I was the person who would always do for everybody, right? I'm a people, or I used to be a people pleaser, right? That, But that is a defense mechanism or a coping mechanism, however you want to see it. It was something, it was a trauma that I just learned because I never 
felt seen or never felt heard. And I just always had to fight for like a position along in my mom's life, but in my dad's life as well. So it's like I'm fighting to be seen and heard, right? So I just do things that people like and I do things that people want me to do regardless of how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. So, That's so like funny. you said earlier, people use you until you're dry. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what happened to me. I'm overworking myself, over people pleasing, overdoing this. And it got to a point where it's like people don't realize mental and your physical connected. Definitely. Right? So because mentally I was so thrown off and didn't know it because I was living every day just going because it's all I knew, mm. God literally was like, you need to sit down. And that's exactly what he did. Mm. He set me down. Take like, things away from you, honey. He <laughs> set me down so quick. And I was like, I don't like this. Like, I don't like this. Like it, and it, it came to a point where it's like, it just opened up so much for me. But at that moment, I felt so many emotions that I had never, right? So me, I was very numb growing up. Oh, girl. Very numb growing up. Talk to me. It was just like... <laughs> I'm not feeling nothing because I don't want my feelings hurt. I don't want nobody to, it's not doing it. I tell people all the time, I had my first heartbreak, which was my father. And that mm-hmm. was my last heartbreak of my entire life, right? And since that day, it was just like, numbness and this. And so I had to realize that the only way that I'm going to grow as a person and as much as I help other people, it's like, you have some healing to do. Like, you have the tools, you know what to say, you know what to do. But you're using it to heal others. You're not healing yourself. Mm, I felt that. Like, I'm giving everyone else what they need, and they're moving on, doing their thing, living their life, and I'm still stuck in the same position, mm. the same place. So it's kind of just like a slap in the face. Like, okay, you need to, you, you need to, you know, listen to what you're saying, practice what you preach type yeah. situation. And that's basically, it was for me. So I, it was just like, God literally, when I say sat me down, I mean, like, knocked me off my feet. Mm. Because I was so exhausted mentally my body just couldn't do it anymore mm-hmm. so that was that's so beautiful first of all like <laughs> i i feel your energy because i when i tell you the being seen part was i literally wrote that in my journal like not too long ago mm-hmm. on why i was over myself and it was yeah. like damn i don't feel i've ever been heard or felt before girl i Girl, don't be mad up here making me cry. <laughs> but it's like that rebirth is something like serious because yeah. I've been, it's been times where I've been just, it's just been very stagnant. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, like, what am I supposed to be doing? But when you sit there and you have to like process those emotions and everything, girl, that's, that's the, the rebirth. It is. And we had, I had one experience um, right before we went to Vegas. Like, when I tell you that was the most still. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most still shit I didn't ever experience. Like, girl, I was. <laughs> I don't even want to go into say It's funny how we can laugh about it now, but when you're going through it, it just yeah. be like, like. And that's what people feel like. And I think the whole point about healing is like, you now can laugh about it. It's like, I was really doing this. And appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Like, really appreciate it. And that's like, it's so much bigger. But I think people feel like. People are so scared to be judged. Yeah. And people are so scared to feel weak. Mm. And it actually takes a very strong person Mm -hmm. to recognize that they have something that they need to heal inside of them. Mm. Yeah, weakness is the start of something new is how I take it now. Exactly. And and we're talking about the transitions like that both of y'all have experienced. Okay, a, a lot of people just like to show the good part of, you know, the oh, healing process. Girl. So let's talk, let's <laughs> Listen, talk about the Listen. hard shit. Like, healing is not easy. Hey, exactly. it is not for the weak. It <laughs> is not. not for the... I know it, and I think I was Listen. talking about this when I said... Um, I see why a lot of people just, when they experience like their first heartbreak, they stop right there and don't feel nothing else. Because, mm-hmm. honey, I experienced like two hearts in like six months one time <laughs> like, <laughs> listen let me tell you okay your girl was out bad like i was in like i'm talking about my daughter like, <laughs> like y'all just don't understand like when i tell you i zoned out as a mother as a my own individual person like i zoned out like you i could you could not get my attention for anything because it was just so like wow i just got my heart broke like I've gotten my heart broke before, but I never really dealt with it like 
to the point mm-hmm. of how I dealt with it with this other person. But it just was very, it was very just crying every day, all mm-hmm. week. And my sister, <laughs> I play, what's that song, Dondria, um, You're the, the One for Me? me. I, oh play that song. <laughs> I play that song all week, and I was drinking all week. Like I got I, all my TikTok. Um, we got a bunch of views. I was like, wow, she didn't do anything but sing along to this song. <laughs> like I was just, I'm talking about I had shades on, like just just getting crazy, just crying and you know. But after that, it was kind of like all the crying that I did actually felt good. So a lot of people don't know crying is actually so this and I'm one of those people, right? I had to find it myself. You could not pay me to cry. Mm. I don't care what it was. I don't care how much money you offer me. You could not pay me to cry before. And Aww. it just wasn't happening. Mm. And it was just, it, it took so much time. And, like, it took the healing for me to be like, okay, it's okay to cry. And Girl. people don't realize, like, cr- crying is actually a stress reliever. Mm-hmm. That's what I tell people. Crying like, is your soul's way of it's, releasing it's a what's stress inside. Reliever. People don't <laughs> even realize. That's why you sleep so good after you cry. Girl, what? <laughs> then you wake up. That's you wake true. up hungry. Wake up, right. You wake up like, oh, it's a brand new day. Like you have released all of that tension that was in your body from crying. So what? If you had to pinpoint one thing, what? was the hardest thing so far um throughout your healing journey like for you to to overcome mm. i know mine knocking down all the walls that i had built up mm. so like i said like when i was a kid my father was my first heartbreak so since that day i had built walls and i say walls like yeah for everything i would not feel the anything i real nonchalant real life is life I don't really care type situation and then I came to a point where it was like am I really living like am I really enjoying life or am I just going through the motions Mm -hmm. and I'm a person where even though I come from a broken home like I want to get married one day right I want to get married I want to have kids I want to be a wife I want to be you know a mother I want to do these things yeah but in order for me to be able to be the best wife that I could be the best mother that I could be the best me that I can be I have to allow myself to be vulnerable again Mm. oh girl we had a beautiful Listen, me and my sister be be having the same awakening at the same damn time. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, we had the same, girl. It was just crazy. but (laughs) In one household, you can only imagine. Like, it was just a bunch of, like, crying. Like, the mom's crying, the kids crying. It's like, yo, we sorry. We we don't know what's going on. We're trying to figure it out. Oh, yes, yes. And you know what? And one thing, the, the hardest part for me in the whole healing journey is letting go mm. that has yeah. been something because i'm one of those people that if i feel something i'm gonna take it with me everywhere and it's like okay i'm gonna hold it in like i'm no not to experience this but the next time i'm gonna like make sure i not i try and avoid stuff a lot right. and just suppress it but now honey it feels so good to let go it feels so good like i encourage everybody to just let that shit go Okay, if you yeah. can just let that shit go, because it, it really do make room for new and for better, especially right. when you're you're changing your mental mental to positive things. Like I've been attracting every damn thing, girl. And I think I think our, a lot of our problems sometimes come that we're scared, we're like scared to start over. Mm. And it's like you don't have to be scared to start over. Sometimes starting over is a good thing. And so, me and my sister have conversations like this all the time. And it comes to a point where I always tell her, because she's, I'm not going to say she's been, like, the scary sister, but, like, she's always been in the same place, always. Like, she's never really changed. Like, she's never out of the state. She's never, she's never, like, really started. And she Mm. keeps coming to these same obstacles. And it's like, you're going to keep coming to these same obstacles until you learn learn that lesson. lesson (laughs) And you, instead of, you know, realizing you can't keep going forward because clearly that wall there and yep. that's what you do now. Mm-hmm. Instead, how about you turn around and find a different way or a different path? And it's like, start. it's okay. It may be scary, but I promise you, like, it's definitely worth the time. And I think people are afraid of the unknown. 
I think that's what it is. Like, it, we can let things go, but then it's not like, because I, I did that a lot. I, like, I, like, knew I had let something go, but I didn't know how the overall outcome would be. So, it was kind of like, ugh, like, I'm scared. But now, it's kind of like, shit, fuck it. What's the best that could happen? <laughs> and see, I think that's when I probably never been scared. Mm. The only thing I can say that I have been probably scared of is, like, loving someone. And mm. that's just because I didn't see it growing up, really. Mm. So, it's like, I didn't know what it was. At the same time. So, other than that, though, like, being scared of the unknown has never, like, scared me. And I think that's the one thing about me is, like, you don't even know what's going to happen in the next five seconds. Right. The next five seconds are unknown until we get to those five seconds. Yes. Come on now. So, it's just, like, being scared of it for what? And not knowing how can be a good thing. That mm -hmm. is what I'm finding out now. It can be a good thing because... Taking those risks. Exactly. Taking a risk can be a very good thing. Mm. And it's, like... And I think a lot of us, like, we have this idea for where we want ourselves to go instead of just going and seeing where life takes you. We're trying to figure right. out the how, and you that's You want to know who, what, when, where, why at all times. Taking control. Mm -hmm. And it's like, sometimes you're just not going to know. Right. And it's okay to know. That's true. So, oh, it's been an hour. It's about that time. <laughs> so, I want to thank y'all so much for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at underscore a rose for you podcast. So if I'm just leaving like one thing to say really quick, um, just checking up your perspective. And I really just think that everything, once you think about it, is unknown, like how you in. And so with that perspective, you know, just live life, just, you know, flow with life. Um, understand that we know that we have several problems with our community. And at this point, let's focus on the solutions. Let's really dive into ourselves and let's really heal. So y'all already know with that being said, y'all follow me on Instagram at Chantel underscore dream underscore. Love y'all. Um, I'm going to just leave it with the fact that a lot of self-love is the best love that you can have. Come on now. And being able to love yourself wholly means that you're walking in your authentic self. And you, at that point, once you become your authentic self, you know that you fully healed and you're always going to have something to heal from. Just take the time to love yourself first before you can love anybody else. And understand the journey. Exactly. So slow your ass down. And embrace <laughs> the time. journey. Take yes. time. Just chill. Relax. Yes. Life is life just goes on. And it's amazing. Right. <laughs> so peace, family. See y'all. <laughs>